0: oh my god Lloyd we're on uh, <laughs> alright we did it <laughs> uh, for those that just get to listen to the fruit of our labours this has been well worthy
1: of a uh, very nice just gonna is this a 9am
0: beverage? Uh, no, Lloyd, it's an 8.54 beverage, which was supposed to be an 8.15 beverage. <laughs>
1: Technology.
0: Uh, good morning or whatever. I'm really thrilled I now to it. do a funny, engaging podcast. Hooray. <laughs> <laughs>
1: this is going to be our best one yet. Uh, no, look, I'm feeling great. How are you? Uh, I'm really good. Had a good brunch, had some chicken, had some mimosas. Well, they
0: were separate activities. Had a good brunch, had some chicken. <laughs>
1: Uh, I guess you could put a, a colon after lunch. Had a good brunch. <laughs> like I the title of mimosas. a movie. Good brunch, chicken
0: and mimosas. <laughs> exactly. Would watch. What, what um, 854 beverage are you sipping? Uh, it's nothing too offensive. It is a Pirate Life South Coast Pale Ale,
1: which is a beer. What are you drinking? <laughs> I'm drinking, I am drinking... I actually have uh, something exciting, Rob. I'm drinking a Guinness. <laughs> that is course, exciting. But I found... <laughs> oh, there's more. I found, Yeah, I found is an it... old Irish poem about Guinness that I'd like to read to you.
0: Oh, maybe it'll put me back in the mood.
1: Some Guinness was spilt on the barroom floor when the pub was shut for the night, Oof. when out of his hole crept a wee brown mouse and stood in the pale moonlight. <laughs> he lapped up the frothy foam from the floor... Then back on his haunches he sat, and all night long you could hear the mouse roar, Bring on the goddamn cat! <laughs> Is that how Guinness makes you feel? Made me chuckle. Uh, enough of them, yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. No, Yeah. look, I'm feeling better.
1: Good. Uh, and, and are you, are you same... Are we are we still doing this? this, uh, this <laughs> thing? I
0: think we got to finish it at least into season two. And, yeah, and it feels like we're wearing thin on it. You reckon? Nah, it's a good segment. We, you just need to approach it with more vigor, Lloyd. Sorry. Do you want to do you want to introduce it then? God, oh my God, Lloyd, are you still in Boston? Yes. Oh wow, I'm still in Perth. <laughs> uh, how far is it from here to there, or from there to here? In some abstract measurement of distance. Right, no need to make the segment sound that
1: shit. (laughs) Just tell me how far it is and own the podcast, Lloyd. We are two hundred and sixty-seven point oh seven Lesbos away. (laughs) Two hundred and sixty-seven point oh seven
0: Lesbos.
1: Yeah, pronunciation questionable, but Lesbos,
0: like the length of the island of Lesbos.
1: Correct, Which the is... length of the Greek island of Lesbos.
0: <laughs> Which is surely called Lesbos. <laughs> did you look uh, up I some pronunciation? Google, uh,
1: I googled the pronunciation and it was Lesbos. Lesbos. Uh, just double checking, doing a quick fact
0: check. Wow. Oh, yeah, please do. The wiki pronunciation is so difficult to read. Is it in ancient Greek? <laughs> no. Yeah, you might be
1: right. Okay, I'll take that. How many? 200 of those islands. They're they're bigger than I expected. 267.07 of those islands. How long is that island? I'm let not going to do the maths. Let, let, let me... That does, it does seem wrong now that <laughs> I... That uh... does seem uh, wrong. No, that's right. Yeah, the, it's 70Ks across. And 200
0: times 70Ks is, is like 19,000Ks.
1: Yeah, that seems wrong, doesn't it? But it's not.
0: <laughs> okay, great job. We did it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Excellent. That is a, I wouldn't have said that was even a veiled segue. What, what is it? A unveiled segue towards, Rob? What did you learn? That's what I was waiting for. What did I learn? Lloyd,
1: this Oh, week- also, also, welcome <laughs> to the Unagellan chat <laughs> Show. You're Rob and Lloyd. <laughs> uh, you, you we're on the podcast. Here we go. <laughs> and away we go.
0: Oh, Lordy. This week, Lloyd. I learned something very interesting and also quite chuckle-worthy. I learned this from a (laughs) meme. I also checked there is some historical truth and history stuff behind it, so it still counts as good learning. All we need is vague historical connection, (laughs) and we'll jump right on it. A fact. Uh, So I'm going to read it as I first read it when it made me chuckle, uh, and then and then we'll. Make sure that it's a real fact after that. Cool. So brace yourself, Lloyd. Braced. (laughs) A female Greek poet, Sappho, was said to be married to a man named Kirkulus of Andros. But historians think this may be a joke, as his name translates to to
1: Dick Alcox from Man Island. (laughs) (laughs) It sounds like the name, if there was a female Bond movie, it would be the name of her Bond man, (laughs) Dick Dick Orcox.
0: (laughs) Oh, Richard. (laughs) It made me chuckle and I was like, I wonder if that is true. And here we are. Uh, uh, (laughs) I also think it's suitably unintelligent. Agreed. Dick Orcox is is (laughs) just so good. (laughs) So good. Uh, So uh, Sappho uh, from Les Bus uh, is legit. She is a renowned and celebrated lyrical poet from the late 7th and early 6th century BCE. So, this long time ago. Yes, sir. And she is uh, genuinely considered one of the greatest ancient Greek poets. And it is recorded that at one time her poetry... This is quite cool, I think. Her poetry filled nine volumes in the Great Library of Alexandria. 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 Wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah, which, uh, I don't know, as I was reading it, I was like, oh, yeah, the Great Library of Alexandria, that's so cool. I wish that was still a thing. Imagine if that had survived.
1: Uh, We'd have so much more knowledge from the ancient Greeks.
0: Yeah, and I assume it was just like a super cool place. Yeah. Uh, So her her poetry filled nine volumes and was, you know, stored in the Great Library of Alexandria as well. Uh, But Mm. unfortunately, as with the Great Library, Time has taken its toll and now her work and her biography, because all of stuff about her life is pretty much taken from anything that was written down, are derived from bits and pieces from 230 poetic fragments that survived out of nine whole volumes of poetry.
1: How big is a volume? What are we, what are we talking about?
0: I just imagine it's like a weighty tome.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Very well described.
0: <laughs> right? I didn't even write that oh. down. That's, a weighty tome Yeah Like it, It's one It's probably like The size of a large Coffee table book But it's like Quite th- much thicker And the pages Are also thicker Like thick manuscript pages Yeah
1: Alright uh, That's know, kind of what I was picturing
0: Hardback leather covers uh, And there is yep. no basis for that There could have been Teeny tiny volumes Who knows There could have been Stone <laughs> Carved stone volumes
1: I like picturing A weighty tome
0: Right A huge library Like carved out of stone Lots of statues and stuff Full Of weighty tomes
1: Mm-hmm Happy place.
0: Mm. God I would have like sick reading saunas or something. I don't know. <laughs> That's
1: the Best you could come up with.
0: <laughs> well, I was going to say like stone benches or marble benches. That doesn't sound cool. They didn't sit yeah, on. That sounds anything. worse. They didn't sit on plush leather couches back then.
1: <laughs> no, they would have. They would have lazed around by pools, reading and debating and drinking wine. Yes, reading
0: saunas. Yeah. All
1: right. I guess you're right.
0: <laughs> Plus added steam. <laughs> um and so there's 230 poetic fragments and, and one full poem that survived called an ode to aphrodite aphrodite no it's aphrodite um <laughs> i'm not gonna play that card too many times
1: aphrodite it does not have the same power
0: <laughs> oh look it's aphrodite <laughs> Um, So her poetry included many descriptions of love and desire between women. And I think particularly in Ode to Aphrodite. Uh, uh, And much of her poetry over the years, or the fragments that remain, has been deliberately misinterpreted by various male scholars that were not into it. Uh, And this persisted even until like the 60s. Of Of hmm. the nineteenth century, the nineteenth of the twentieth century, damn it, the nineteen sixties, <laughs> which is unfortunate, but I think kind of since then, uh, I guess along with um what's the word uh you just want any word <laughs> just any word along with you know like the sexual revolution, all that stuff, uh people mm-hmm. have become more accepting of her poetry, and the fact that she was probably bisexual, it's obviously hard to tell just from poetry. Uh, but it's generally believed that she was bisexual, uh, influenced how many people thought of her and her work at various times at which people were reading and you know talking about Greek poetry, blah blah blah. Uh, which is still what what people unfortunately still what people do today. If they have if you have one defining sexual or racial preference or feature, people tend to judge you based on it, which is uncool. The unintelligent chat show does not
1: condone this. We do not. You should be based on your shitty personality. (laughs) (laughs) Asshole.
0: (laughs) Agreed. That's the basics of Sappho. Uh, And then the historical joke that forms the basis for that Mimi is pretty legit. Uh, So it, it is thought that Sappho had many lovers. Both male and female, and a lot of them are mentioned in what remains of her work, and also other historical texts of, texts of the era. And Kirkelus, Kirk- uh is mentioned only once in a Byzantine text from the 10th century. So, like that way was way later, <laughs>
1: like like way later. Uh, the te- that's like almost from us to the 10th century. Yeah, at the same pretty much time. <laughs> uh, the 10th century. Uh,
0: text has a great name It's called the pseudo lexicon. Mm. Didn't go any further than that Except to go Hmm Cool name Definitely a weighty term Definitely And given how late As you just mentioned It's recorded And how like Also a great word here The bawdy Wording that That uh, is written in that text I mm. think that word's yeah. quite cool Bawdy It is It is a good word Because it just it It evokes what it means Exactly it's For beautiful. some reason Yeah so despite it sounding like a legit name of someone from a real place because andros is a greek island uh, historians widely believe that given the way it was written and how late it was that someone was just taking the piss at the time and naming her husband dick of man (laughs) which is quite a quite a great little history joke so i think that the the bit in the meme that i read dick alcox i think that's a little bit of a um exaggeration on the actual interpretation Sure, I mean it makes it probably eighty percent funnier, (laughs) but "Dick of Man" is still quite good. So that's what I learned this week, Lloyd. What did
1: you What did you do with that? I got a little bit on the island that she's from. It has quite an interesting um, history in that it has changed hands so many times. Has it? So here we go. All right. Uh, In eight oh two. It was Byzantine mm. in 1090. It was occupied by the Turks. Mm. Wait a second.
0: Not to generalize, but, but isn't Byzantine and Turks the same, at least the same geographical area? So weren't they the same? Were they different people at one point? Um, I, don't, I
1: don't know. Carry on. I'm sure they were history and stuff. Uh In the 1100s, the Republic of Venice raided and conquered the island. The Republic of Uh, Venice. Yep, that sounded cool. Didn't look into it. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) it, I've actually, what I've got, a hilarious spelling error I've put. In the early 1200s, it passed through the Lartan Empire, which is meant to say the Latin Empire. (laughs) Lartan. Then, 20 years later, it was conquered by the Empire of Nicea. And then in 1354, it was passed to to Genoese Francesco I. Then in 1462 guy. <laughs> was reconquered by the Turks. Nice. And then in 1912 it was re-reconquered by the Greeks and it remains in their hands. That is a lot of changing of hands for one small it, sapphic island. Indeed.
0: Yeah, damn. Uh, so many different empires that
1: are not as well known as the Roman. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I want to learn more about the Republic of Venice. Uh, and then I got a bunch of, of cool quotes um, because I realised halfway through my research that Sparta was a city-state of the Greek Empire. And I was like, cool, I'll look up some cool Spartans. <laughs> Straight to Sparta. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't worry about your poetry. We're going to kill some things. <laughs>
0: I assume all the Spartans are also from the deep south of America. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Come on, sort boys. Sort <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: Tell me about uh, so most of my quotes are Spartan, but I will I will start with some Greek philosophical quotes, just to, like ease into the, the Spartan warrior stuff. I'm feeling like this is getting a little intellectual. Uh, no, I picked funny ones. So. <laughs> okay. So, <cute. laughs> Herodotus. Hopefully I've pronounced that correctly. I'll he'll Herodotus. Probably, he'll let you know if you haven't. <laughs> God, I hope not. He's super dead. <laughs> uh, he said, For how isn't he noble when he knows only how to drink and screw? That's a good quote. So the
0: essence of nobility is drinking and getting it on.
1: Yeah, it seems seems to. <laughs> I have a quote from the the famous and hilarious Diogenes. Oh, yeah? Nice. Who lived, lived in a barrel and did some weird stuff. <laughs> what a life story. Yeah, so Alexander the Great was a big fan of his, thought he was really funny and really smart. Nice. And once visited him, um, it says visited his home, which at the time was an abandoned wine cask, <laughs> uh, to ask him if there was anything he could do as emperor. And Diogenes said, yes, please get out of my sunlight. <laughs> <laughs> which I thought oh, was great.
0: Man. I want to learn more about that guy.
1: He's really funny. Yeah. Do you reckon he was just loopy? He, yeah. He, uh, he's he got some quotes on. He said, I'm not crazy. I just have a different mind to everyone else. Oh, Bit of a mm. rebel, but I got some some Spartan quotes, and a couple of them were paraphrased in in the famous movie. The Persian ruler Xerxes the First demanded that the Spartans surrender their weapons, and mm-hmm. King Leonidas shouted, "Come and take them!" It's pretty cool. It is very badass. Cool. Defiant, and this was in the movie um, when a soldier noted, "Because of the arrows of the barbarians, it is impossible to see the sun." Mm. Um, in the movie, it's Leonidas, but it was actually his soldier, Dienkis, who replied, Dumb. Won't it be nice then if we shall have shade in which to fight them? Oof. So badass. This was a good one. Um, as uh, Spartan women were uniquely powerful and influential in Sparta uh, compared to the rest of Greece, mm-hmm. a non-Spartan woman once asked Queen Gorgo, <laughs> which was uh, Leonidas's wife, Why Spartan women were the only ones who could rule over men, she responded by saying, because Spartan women are the only ones who give birth to men.
0: (laughs) Also, Gorgo. I reckon I'm going to find a Spartan name to name my first child. The last one I had
1: is, I don't know if this is the right pronunciation, King Agesilaus. Yeah, sounds wrong. Agesilaus of Sparta. He was respected for his martial value as well as his wit, mm. and someone asked him what the boundaries of Sparta were, as unlike most Greek cities, they had no walls. He drew his spear and held it in front of him and said the borders were as far as this can reach. Oof. Yeah. I also uh, I, I read this, and I guess I knew it but didn't realize it was to this extent, that Spartan men literally did nothing except be soldiers. Oh, really? Whereas a lot of people, a lot of armies in those times were like similar to the Middle Ages, like fiefdoms were called up. And they were farmers or blacksmiths who were called to fight Spartans. Literally all they did was be soldiers and they had a massive slave population that did all of the work. So all they had to do was train, eat and fight. Damn. Once a year, they released all of their warriors to go and slaughter this the slave population. Why? Just to be like... We're still in charge, and we don't want you guys getting too powerful. So once a year, they just went on a big hunt and just killed all the slaves. Uh, it was really intense yeah, and now,
0: barbaric. Now they sound like terrible people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I don't think that was in doubt. I was going to say, why aren't they in charge? Because they were terrible, terrible people. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. All right. Pivot, pivot from that. Total Let's... pivot. Uh, so I somehow ended up on classic typos. <laughs> uh, so I have some fun typos from real things that were printed. So in 2017, a Cambridge newspaper was printed with a cover page heading that read "100 point splash heading goes here," which was just a pl- <laughs> <laughs> which was a placeholder the editors had put in for a catchy heading that they obviously hadn't come up with.
1: <laughs> oh, that's so good! And, just, and no one just noticed it all point. the way
0: through. So good. <laughs> the Associated Press printed an article about improved literacy rates in Mississippi that was unfortunately titled. Mississippi's literacy program shows improvement. <laughs> <laughs> which is just like so wonderfully timed and ironic. Um, I quite like this next one. In 1934, an editor for Webster's New International Dictionary. So it's not the, not the Oxford Dictionary, but it's a pretty legit printed dictionary. Yeah,
1: Webster's is good.
0: Yeah. Misread the... So this is 1934, so it's still all print. Misread the entry D... So, it's capital D or lowercase d, comma, cont slash density. And it's basically an entry describing the scientific abbreviation for density, which is D. Uh, But he misread it because it's capital D or lowercase d. He misread it as (laughs) (laughs) DORD. So, he edited it and printed the dictionary with the word DORD. cont slash density. (laughs) And the word stated there for quite a while before everyone was like, wait a second. <laughs> That's not correct. So now whenever I need to refer to density, I will be saying dort. It's so good.
1: It's it's also early enough that there was a real chance that it could have entered the lexicon of humanity. It would have and been just so good.
0: Word. And then in science class, we would have been talking about dort. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. In the first edition of Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone which I think was called something bullshit like Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's term. Uh So he's going to, is it Diagon Alley where he buys all of his stuff? Yeah. Yeah, he's going to Diagon Alley and he's got his list of things and the list is written out in the book uh, and it includes, first item is one wand uh, and then at the end of this particular set of first editions at the bottom of the list was also one wand. <laughs> so imagine if Harry <laughs> Potter had been jewel wielding. Oh, my God. One's akimbo. It would have been amazing. (laughs) He would have crushed Lord Volty Doldy. Some more typos. (laughs) It's a good one. This is... I don't know the book. It's just some book. In 2010, uh, some lady called Karen Harper published a historical fiction novel called called The Queen's Governess. And I think it's a romantic kind of novel. Uh, And it includes the post-sexy scene sentence... In the weak light of dawn, I tugged on the gown and sleeves I discard <laughs> Sorry. I tugged on the gown and sleeves I discarded like a wanton last night to fall into John's <laughs> arms.
1: <laughs>
0: I often do that at home. Sexily discard my clothes like a wanton. <laughs>
1: What was it meant to be?
0: So, you know the word wanton, like W-A-N-T-O-N. yeah, okay. Which I still don't think makes that much sense in that sentence, the way it's written. (laughs) Yeah. Discarded my clothes
1: like a dumpling. (laughs) Yeah, because it would be like discarded my clothes with a wanton disregard, not like a wanton. (laughs) It's just
0: shit writing, but it's a great title. It's really good. Um, <laughs> This one is also quite good. There's a cookbook published in Australia by some dude called Lee Blaylock. And it was the Pasta Bible, which is a great cookbook. Lots of people would buy this. It had to be reprinted after a number of things went to the shelves uh, on a recipe for spelt tagliatelle with sardines and prosciutto. The ingredients list called for s- salt and freshly ground black people. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> Instead of black pepper. Like, that is a solid... <laughs> that's,
1: a, that's a bad typo.
0: <laughs> bad autocorrect. And I went to print. Oh, man. You can't grind black people, Lee. Come on, Lee. And last up, you know your Ten Commandments, right, Lloyd? You know them pretty well. Uh, Yes. So you could you could tell me the seventh of the Ten Commandments. I could.
1: But... I'm not going to. Because... You know, it's personal. It's close to me, like, and so I said it. Like. <laughs> okay. Well, the seventh one should be
0: "Thou shalt not commit adultery." It's good one. Generally, good practice. In a 1631 edition of the King James Bible, this particular commandment misses the crucial word and thus commands the general populace to "Shalt commit adultery." <laughs> <laughs> Oops. Uh, so, Sorry, like, babe. It's in the Bible. Yeah, what do you want? What do you want me to do? Uh, and at the time, like that's when people would have been like reading and be like, "All right, this is the laws. I'm going to do those things." <laughs> yeah. Uh, most of those copies were burned by King Charles the uh, yeah, First, but apparently yeah. there Chuck are there smart, are, yeah, cheeky boy. There are nine <laughs> cheeky copies that remain somewhere. Uh, if you ever needed it as I don't evidence know, backup, <laughs> don't do it. Uh, and those are some great typos that I looked at.
1: They they must be worth a pretty penny because I, I imagine a 17th century Bible would be collectible anyway. And yeah. then it's like when you have a misprint on a coin, have a misprint in yeah. a Bible. is only nine of them?
0: Definitely, I didn't look that up. That's a great call. Cool. I'm gonna I'm gonna look it up. Please do.
1: Ooh, it's called the Wicked Bible. Oh yeah, or it is. Yeah. The Adulterous Bible or the Sinner's Bible. Amazing. How, how to Bible? Uh, wicked Bible for sale. <laughs> Extremely rare Wicked Bible goes on sale. Asking price of £10,000. Yeah, that's steep for a book. Uh, Yeah, it's quite
0: a lot. Yeah, I'm sure there are plenty more out there, but those are the ones I found with the minimal amount of searching. (laughs) We are legitimate. I have a few more things, unless you have some things
1: to to jump in with here. Um, Since Sappho was the etymological source for lesbian and and sapphic, Mm -hmm. I wanted to see if there were any other interesting things named after people. Yes. Uh, there were lots, not all interesting. <laughs> um, but my favourite was John Duns Scotus. <laughs> he was a well-respected philosopher in the 13th century. Uh-huh. However, in the 1500s, there was a quite strong reaction against his ideas, and so his followers, who were a follower of Duns, uh-huh. became the subject of ridicule and were forced to wear caps that labeled them incapable of scholarship hence a dunce cap so it should really be a dunce cap yeah exactly
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah nice that's quite good Uh, and to finish this first segment we're talking about literature and we're talking about uh or we were talking about Sappho famous writer and for some reason Lloyd this reminded me uh uh, there's a whole kind of subreddit thread on uh, male authors poorly writing and describing women in novels.
1: I had this thought when you uh, <laughs> did the quote about the wonton, your all-time <laughs> favourite quote. That's where we're going. <laughs> so good.
0: Some of, so there's, as I was looking to find it, there's a bunch of others that are quite good, but not quite as good. Uh, Some of them are like even prominent writers that people have called out being like, should you really be describing the other sex like this? (laughs) But there's one that, as you mentioned, is my favorite. And I was wondering if you would remember it. And you did. I'm pretty sure it's satire. So it's taking the piss out of this whole phenomenon of male writers poorly writing female characters. Uh, And (laughs) when I first read it many, many moons ago, it made me genuinely cry with laughter. (laughs) and when I was looking it up I was like I wonder if it'll still be as funny and I didn't cry but it was still very funny Uh, so this is a piss take about how silly men poorly describe female characters in often the most ridiculous ways and with usually far too much focus on the body Cassandra woke up to the rays of the sun streaming through the slats on her blinds cascading over her naked chest she stretched her breasts lifting with her arms as she greeted the sun <laughs> she rolled out of the bed and put on a shirt <laughs> Her nipples prominently showing through the thin fabric She, she then breasted boobly to the stairs And <laughs> tittered downwards <laughs> Just like escalates Oh man And that's it Breast, Breasted boobly Breasted so boobily to the stairs And you're like alright that's too far And then tittered downwards <laughs> ah and that's it that's what i learned and then devolved into shocking humor this week Uh good that was funny thank you lloyd it's time for an extremely extremely old segment <laughs>
1: all right we're not, <laughs> not leaning into the new segment thing anymore no we're, good... we're leaning
0: all the way to the other side of the dial
1: yeah it's an this old is a, an worn a, an old stale <laughs> shitty segment we're still doing it we don't
0: care what you say it's hashtag upper tweeting no one gives a shit <laughs> 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 it's well planned and it works. <laughs> uh, Lo- <laughs> Who did you tweet this week, Lloyd? Or did I
1: tweet? <laughs> I I tweeted twouted. Tw- is that joke still funny? I don't think it is anymore either. Uh, I tweeted at uh, yes. um <laughs> at Jimmy Carr. Ah, oh, Jimmy Carr, great. Um, he is fun- the funny comedian and host of. 8 out of 10 Cat Countdown. Uh What did you tweet, I guess, uh, to at Jimmy Carr? <laughs> I said, uh, Jimmy Carr, our goal is to make our show as big as your teeth and hair. <laughs> Good. To aid us in our journey, come blind us with your shiny whites as a guest on our podcast. Hashtag upward tweeting, hashtag Cat Stars Countdown. Perfect. hashtag fight us. <laughs> wow, quite aggressive. Yeah, it was pretty aggressive. So I assume, I assume he's coming on the show to fight us. I would love it if Jimmy Carr came on the show to fight us, but Speci- not as of yet. Ah, all right. Specifically to fight us. <laughs> Lloyd, what did you learn this week? I learnt about Alexander Selkirk, mm. who was a Scottish sailor who spent over four years marooned on an island and was potentially the inspiration for the novel robinson crusoe damn you have a problem is it a bone to pick no uh oh, <laughs> i just have a
0: problem all you seem to learn about is pirates and old timey boats <laughs>
1: <laughs> i don't learn about stuff it's not even intentional i must just find these like four things that i find interesting and i just really lean hard into them. <laughs> it's worked anyway uh carry on all right mr mr silkirk Mm. So he he was marooned on an island, but we'll we'll start with a, a little bit of his backstory. Not too much because the the marooning is the uh, the juicy part. The juice. So he was a uh, a privateer uh, and later on a officer with the Royal Navy. Privateers the, are just like that's what I was just about to define. Carry on. God. <laughs> uh, privateer is a pirate with a letter that says I'm allowed to be a pirate. Yeah. So I was going to say they're yeah. fancy legal pirates, right? <laughs> yeah. Ridiculous. So basically, it's in, in times of war, uh, they give letters of marque to ships that basically say you're allowed to attack the enemy, and you have our backing as the British government. Yeah, it's a great system. Yeah, love it. They should they should do that more. <laughs> they? Uh, he he was a relatively unruly youth, um, and was was charged with. Various counts of assault and fighting, and oh. instead of getting charged on his court day, they were just waiting. And someone was like, "Oh, he, he, he left on a <laughs> ship. <laughs> He's gone, <laughs> gone fishing." Yeah. Um. So he he was a privateer under the command of William Dampier, mm-hmm. who had two ships under his command. Oh. He was on the other ship. Uh, they were in some battles with French and Spanish ships. Uh, that they couldn't sink. And those ships fled. But their ship, the ship that Selkirk was on, lost its seaworthiness. Oh. Uh, and <laughs> while docked, docked at a... You don't want to go losing your seaworthiness. Not at sea. Yeah. <laughs> while docked at a Chilean town, Alexander Selkirk said to the captain, I would rather be left behind than sail on a ship with this many leaks. And the mm-hmm. captain was like, great, okay. uh, I'm to take Okey-doke. you to an island. And I'm going to leave you behind. And Selkirk was like, oh, no, wait, 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 wait a minute. Hold on, on. hold on. I found my seaworthiness. Here (laughs) it is. It was in my pocket the whole time. (laughs) Uh, But he he couldn't talk his way out of it. Mm -hmm. And the captain left him on an island with a musket, a hatchet, a knife, a Bible, a cooking pot, and some bedding and clothes. But while on this island, shortly after, that ship foundered... And sank. Yes, yeah, so and good. the crew died. <laughs> and the surviving men, including the captain who marooned him, surrendered to the Spanish. Yeah, so
0: And then were imprisoned and probably lived in terrible conditions.
1: Yeah. All in all, I think his time on this island was much more enjoyable. Great call. Also, he killed it on this island. Mm. He was amazing. Uh so he he spent the first period on the coast, which was like real rocky and barren, yeah. eating raw lobsters just in the hopes of a ship coming to find him and then hilariously hordes and hordes of horny sea lions that came there to (laughs) mate drove him inland
0: (laughs) so what the beach was filled with sea lions trying to get it on and he was like i'm not in i'm not in this is the wrong kind of adulting adultery
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah well have you seen they 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 pack so close together, like it, it, and they're so massive and violent. I mean, there's no way he could have stayed anywhere yeah, near them. Straight up sea lion orgy. But it saved his life because in the center of this island, he found goats that had been left there by earlier sailors that had ah. flourished and had a population there. So he had milk and meat. Nice. Um, which gave him the strength and spirit to carry on. So, wow, inspirational and he found um native plants and that he could make tea with and he found fruit so he could stave off scurvy mm, uh, so things things were looking pretty good nice. He's got some food got some goats um and then i read that at night he was attacked by rats <laughs> oh no that's not what you want which is just just the worst yeah. <laughs> but then another flip he domesticated some feral cats as you do and they protected him from the rats really uh he built A hunting knife From some barrel hoops That washed up on the shore I thought he had a knife He did have a knife But he made a bigger one
0: (laughs) Okay that's not a knife
1: (laughs) Yeah exactly Um, And once his gunpowder ran out Because he was hunting animals With his gun Mm. uh, Once that ran out He had to start just chasing animals around (laughs) And he he fell off the cliff Oh And his fall was broken By his goat He was hunting (laughs) God damn it (laughs) So he survived. Good. Thanks, goat. During his four years on this island, two ships did in fact dock at his at his island, mm-hmm. but both were Spanish. Devastating. So he managed to hide from the first one. The second crew found him and chased him, and the story goes that he ran into the forest and climbed a tree and remained hidden even mm-hmm. while the Spanish talked under the tree and peed on the tree he was hiding in, oh, which damn. must have been so intense. Yeah great job yeah captain selkirk yeah this this kind of blew my mind he was rescued four years and four months after his initial marooning mm. by william dampier yeah i
0: read that uh was, what are the chances it, of it? it was by another guy but dampier was piloting one of the ships that was there right yeah
1: and surely surely dampier must like have known he was marooned or must have found out somehow and was like we're near this island we may as well fucking go get the guy yeah maybe but um b- prior
0: to that dampier and some other guy split so dampier wasn't there when he was marooned
1: yeah which makes me wonder if you know because they didn't have texts if it was like (laughs) years later he met up yeah years later he caught up with that crew in another town and they're like oh yeah we fucking marooned that guy and dampier was like you what (laughs) he was nice and then the ship sank so he was right i'm gonna go get him he seems like i need him yeah And he was made um, second mate on on Dampier's ship. Wow, strong promotion from goat herder. (laughs) Yeah, that's kind of what makes me think he went there to get him. Maybe. But the the crew uh, commented on his vigor. Mm. Not only was he in exceptional physical shape, but his spirit seemed to be very high. And uh, I I believe the captain even put in his journal that perhaps the isolation of living on an island is not the torture we thought to be, but the secret to peace Mm. in our minds. I have the quote. Yeah. Oh, good. Hit me. It w- it, it, well, at least where I read it, it was this.
0: One may see that solitude and retirement from the world is not such an insufferable state of life as most men imagine, especially when people are fairly cold or thrown into it unavoidably, as this man was. Yeah. I get that. Quote. Yeah, man. Sometimes I would love to be marooned on an island with a bunch of goats, I'm cats, love- and rats. <laughs> I'd love to be
1: retired from the world. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, that sounds like death. Uh, Yeah, and um, the crew that found him were... I think possibly another reason his promotion was so rapid is that he endeared himself very quickly to them because they were all suffering from scurvy. Uh, They had run out of fresh fruit and they were all sick. And because of his adaptation to this island, Mm. he was able to hunt, meat and get food for them and made them all feel better. So he (laughs) was probably a hero. Yeah, nice. They... uh, adheringly referred to him as the governor of the island (laughs) well fair enough pretty much was yeah and i did mention at the beginning that this was potentially inspiration for defoe's robinson crusoe but that is probably unlikely as it was a composition of many survival stories that were very popular in that era i think it was partly the inspiration i didn't read anything that suggested otherwise uh, I, a lot of academics think that it was. Oh, you read academics? Definitely, definitely <laughs> partly, but n- nowhere near the majority. In fact, there was a similar survival story, uh, and Defoe was friends with that person who experienced that. So. Oh really? Who did? Uh, and the, it's. I I can't remember his name. It has potentially perpetuated itself in pop culture because the Chileans renamed that island Robinson Crusoe island. <laughs> Yeah, they did. Yeah, uh, they leapt on that one. They're like, ooh, it's tourism. <laughs> yeah. Um, that island used to be called
0: Mazatierra, Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, now renamed Robinson Crusoe Island. <laughs> Rolls yeah. off the tongue. And it is in the Juan Fernandez Archipelago of Islands. There is also another island in the same archipelago called the Alejandro Selkirk Island. Oh. And oddly enough, they are now both 100% inhabited, with Isla Robinson Crusoe being more popular. Not sure what hmm. that tells us, but
1: quite interesting. I would like to, to visit. I think that would be cool to, to to walk around the island. Be a bit of kind of like a... It's probably a bit of a gross beachy tourism
0: place now, though.
1: Yeah, I wonder if inhabited is... what what kind of habitation it is. People? I assumed people. (laughs) What do you mean? I mean, like, is it... it All tourism. by, like, tourism and shops, or is it, like, there's people living there on the island just chilling? Look, I don't know, like... Yeah. Uh, I got a couple of, of interesting things, but what did you... What to take away? I want
0: to tell you my thought process. So, I... Oh, good. For the first, you know... I didn't even have one. <laughs> for the first, uh, most of my research, I just leaned hard into Robinson Crusoe. I kind of forgot that we were talking about Alexander Selkirk. <laughs> 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 um, so, I, I didn't read anything that was like, it's not the inspiration. So, I reckon it's definitely a part. Uh, especially when I started reading about Robinson Crusoe, the wiki page has a picture of the first edition this is published in 1719 uh, a picture of the first edition title page and apparently we approach titles very differently now than they used to this is the full title of robinson crusoe oh okay the life and strange surprising adventures of robinson crusoe of york Mariner colon, who lived 8 and 20 years all alone in an uninhabited island on the coast of America, near the mouth of the great <laughs> river of Uronuke, semicolon, having been cast on shore by shipwreck, wherein all the men perished but himself. Full stop. With an account how he was at last as strangely delivered by pirates, written by himself. Damn it, Defoe. Yeah, on the title <laughs> page. Like, he shouldn't have a title with multiple sentences.
1: So now I never want to read the book because I know everything that happens. Yeah. I will, about that that book, the cover, if you're looking at it now, has a gentleman in what appears to be like goat skin and fur clothing. And one of the pieces of evidence that supports Alexander Selkirk being the inspiration Uh, is that he wore goat skin clothes that he made. And in Robinson Crusoe, his island would have been much too hot for that to have made any sense. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I reckon. Sounds legit.
0: I thought super interesting about Robertson Crusoe is that it's generally seen as a contender for being the very first English novel. Yeah. Like the beginning of realistic fiction as a literary genre instead of whatever it was before. <laughs> Can you imagine if there were no realistic fiction books to read, Lloyd? Oh,
1: what would we do? I don't know. Just probably be way more learned. I think there was a lot of short stories And this was the first one that was like a proper full novel novel length. Although it's quite a short novel, but
0: yeah. Is it? The title makes it sound like it could be really, really long, Lord,
1: That's half the story. (laughs) It's most of the story.
0: (laughs) Turns out because Robinson Crusoe was essentially the beginning of fiction as we know it today, which is wild still. Uh, it actually is the inspiration for. So, we're talking about how Selkirk was the inspiration for Robinson Crusoe. Mm-hmm. Robinson Crusoe, as a novel, turns out was the inspiration for a bunch of other things. And after it was published, there were a bunch of like imitation, you know, castaway story novels. And The Swiss Family Robinson was one of them. Oh, cool. Potentially obvious given the name. Yeah. But it's a kid's movie, which is where I know it from. But apparently, there was an actual book published in 1812 by Johann david weiss and there are a few other books that the literary world considers to as considers as a response to or to be influenced by defoe's robinson crusoe etc 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 long title <laughs> jonathan swift's gulliver's travels written in 1726 mm-hmm. robert louis stevenson's treasure island which we've mentioned before published in 1883 has some crusoe elements in it I think one of the characters is inspired directly by one of the other characters in Robinson Crusoe and also William Golding's Lord of the Flies from 1954. uh, It's got some Crusoe inspiration and a bunch of other things that I hadn't heard of before, so I didn't read them. Yep, fair enough. Uh, So I thought that was super interesting and now I might have to read uh, Robinson Crusoe.
1: Yeah, I actually have a copy somewhere and I meant to read it for this and then I couldn't find it. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> in your piles of books. Yeah,
1: because I, I I bought it, like, two years ago. I remember Googling what is the first novel, and this oh. came up as the first novel in the English language, and I was like, well, I've got to find it and read yeah, it. Yeah, that's awesome. It It is – it's written simply, but it's written simply in, like, era-appropriate language, so it's – It's from 300 years ago. Yeah, so it's it's difficult to get into, I remember. But yeah, fair enough. I so should I mean, find I it and read, read
0: it. Um, yeah, I told you a while ago that I read Treasure Island, mm-hmm. which is okay. Admittedly, one hundred and forty or fifty years after Robinson Crusoe, so languages developed a bit, and that wasn't too difficult. But I imagine yeah. Crusoe is probably a bit harder. Yeah. Uh, what else you got?
1: There is also a a bunch of um, well, I say a bunch. There's at least two or three Robinson Crusoe movies. The most recent, I of believe, course. was Pierce Brosnan. Oh, really? Uh, Yeah. So maybe worth, maybe maybe worth watch. But I found another movie because it it has inspired so many. This movie from 1964 is called Robinson Crusoe on Mars. (laughs) Why? And it is ridiculous. Uh, I watched the trailer. It's, it's Uh typically sixties and it starts in like big sixties letters this is a true work of science fact. This movie is scientifically accurate. <laughs> and I was like, all right, this should be interesting. All righty. And then the trailer right. starts, and within, like, one second, he's on Mars. He, like, lifts his visor up and is, like, walking around. And I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> Super accurate. Yep, happy with that. And then he's running out of oxygen. He's got, he's, he's in a cave with no helmet on uh-huh. with an oxygen tank. And he's like, I'm running out of oxygen. I don't know what I'm going to do. And then... Wait, wait. With an oxygen tank and no helmet on to contain said oxygen. Yeah, it's all very strange. Okay, good. He finds these rocks that he he lights for like warmth and he realises that the rocks give up oxygen. So he's lit Great. them and he's like on his hands and knees like next to the rock, like, <laughs> like sucking up the oxygen from the rocks. And just blew over the fact that he
0: lit some rocks on fire.
1: Yeah. Uh, it's... With something. And then the whole thing is like aliens have taken these- um, Human like people slaves and he rescues one and then they're hunted and then they 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 run away to this like snow snowy area of Mars where it's like Uh they're freezing to death and then an alien attacks them but the aliens like bomb melts all the snow and ice so they're saved from the cold.
0: (laughs) That is real stupid. Yeah, and has seems like it has nothing to do with Robinson Crusoe except it wanted to use the name as a promotion that sounds real stupid <laughs> I, I had too
1: much fun reading about mr selkirk so that's all I had. yeah because you love pirates i <laughs> oh do oh i love them so much even legal
0: pirates all right well uh, <laughs> so i read so after he was rescued he just went straight back to pirating he was like back yeah. on the horse let's yeah. go pillage and plunder the spanish that's all he knows how to do uh yeah i mean even after four years of solitude
1: yeah he didn't it didn't seem to have changed him as a man much yeah,
0: except that he's now got some sweet like Island Zen yeah so all of the facts that we get about his story come from another book that was written by the captain of the ships that were piloted by William Dampier that came to rescue Selkirk on the island. Uh, the mm-hmm. captain was called Wood Woods Woodies, Woodies? Woodess Rogers. Woody's Rogers. It's Woody from Toy Story. him <laughs> up. What is? What's the, the drawstring thing that Woody says? Reach for the sky, partner. Yeah, <laughs> that one. Perfect. <laughs> uh, so we have a book written by Woody's Rogers, which is a quite a cool first-hand account to have of some of this history. Uh, but you guessed it, Lloyd. The title of this guy's book is <laughs> Bullshit Long. Oh, good. <laughs> Published in 1712, which is what, uh, three or four years after he was rescued? Uh, yeah. So it's like, it's, it's basically like I said, the guy's journal he sent into a book. because Okay, right, I'm just going to read you the title. Oh, it takes a big breath. A Cruising Voyage Round the World, colon, first to the South Seas, thence to the East Indies, and homewards by the Cape of Good Hope. Full stop. Begun in 1708 and finished in 1711. Capital letters. Containing. <laughs> a journal of all the remarkable transactions. Semicolon. Particularly of the taking of Puma and Gwig... Of the Acapulco ship and other prizes. Semicolon. An account of Alexander Selkirk's living alone four years and four months in an island. Semicolon. And a brief description of several countries... In our course noted for trade, especially in the South Sea, full stop, with maps of all the coasts from the best Spanish manuscript drafts and an introduction relating to the South Sea trade. Oh, God. That, yeah, that's not a title. That's the whole title page of the book. <laughs> uh, we've, we, look, we've changed the way we do things now, but uh, I like making fun of them. Uh, and for some reason, in the, the writing on the title, all of the S's were F's. Hmm. Like written as F's, so it was like a brief, a brief description of several countries. <laughs> 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 oh, it must be something to do with ELD English, yeah, or, I don't know, or something. Nah. <laughs> but like, come on, bro, don't be like that. Uh, but apparently, this guy Woody's Rogers uh, was one of the most successful privateers
1: ever. Well,
0: so his book. Might be worth a read if you can get past the title page.
1: What's his, what, what's the definition of success? Just like ships sunk, money made? I, I
0: assume it would be like prizes. Yeah, cool. Uh, prizes taken, ship sunk, and lack of
1: death. Good job, Woody. Good old Woody. The long, Regents. hard arm of the law. Arm
0: or leg? Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Penis. <laughs> oh, I get it. I thought you were talking about the long, hard arm of the law. You were,
1: so, you were just so, doing wood jokes, <laughs> yeah. Miss, Mr. Crusoe, uh, you mentioned found some sweet island zen in in between yeah. his rescue and his return to the privateering lifestyle. He also mm. was in trouble for beating a dude up while he was resting at home. So.
0: Like he got home and immediately beat someone. Yeah,
1: he got into a fight and was like (laughs) and got in trouble for it. I was like, this how can you spend four years alone on an island and get back and just not be a changed man by that? Just get drunk and fight someone.
0: It sounds like he genuinely just went straight back to being exactly who he was before.
1: Yeah, which you know what I've gotta say, there's a part of me that really respects that. To to be strong enough to be completely (laughs) unchanged by that experience. (laughs)
0: It's just like literally biding his time until he could get back to privateering. It's just so stubborn.
1: He's like, ah, this yeah. fucking island is just wasting my privateering time. <laughs> but also he he joined the, um, he went legit at the end and joined the, the Navy. Went legit, too legit to quit. But then was withered away from yellow fever. Probably deserved it. So I have four years on an island and then reintegrates with society and gets the plague
0: tough ah look it happens (laughs) uh and then i so after all of that i i wrote down real life castaways um and then i got as far as writing wilson (laughs) (laughs) and that was it i didn't get any. good (laughs) i'm sorry i apologize to our listeners
1: there's a bunch it's It's so many alexander selkirk's one of them Yeah, people just ended up on islands like even during this this period of like the early 18th century there was a lot it was like, yeah. I don't know if if it was like the end thing, but there was just stories <laughs> abound of of survival stories all over the world. Yeah, yeah.
0: Have we talked about, or has my wife just told me about? I think it's probably the latter. There was a real life castaway story. I think it happened just a few years ago. Um, a Salvatorian fisherman or two fishermen were out fishermaning fishing probably is it's not ringing any bells for you
1: maybe i don't maybe continue the story i'll just tell the story anyway
0: i think their boat sunk uh and they ended up in one of those like blow up survival yeah thingies from their boat uh with like no propulsion very limited supplies and there's two of them um and they're just like floating in the middle of one of the oceans probably the atlantic yep Um, scary just like nothing around. Can you imagine being in this no. inflatable boat with just horizon, just ocean? And they were like, uh, I think they tempted birds or they caught fish and tempted birds into the boat. Um, and so we're eating raw fish and killing these birds and eating them. Mm. And one of them couldn't deal with this. Like the raw food wasn't working for him. He was deeply depressed. And after four weeks, one of them ends up dying. The other guy survives for like, It's like a stupidly long amount of time afterwards with this dead body in the boat, I think. I don't think he jettisons him. This dead body while he was eating raw fish in the middle of the ocean. Like, he gets rescued. This guy survives and made it back or was rescued or whatever. Yeah. That's crazy.
1: There is a story of... So, you know Lord of the Flies? I don't know if you've read it or seen it. And it's just I have. It
0: is a disturbing
1: book. Or the age that I read it, it was a disturbing book. It's really... It's basically like... These kids on an island, what's the worst possible... I think it's sort of like the Stanford experiment. Have you mm. read that story? I think so. Just like if you put people in, in power, how corrupt and uh, violent d- it, can they just become? Just let them just watch and see who takes power. Well, stuff. there's a real life story of... I think there they was Samoan kids. Um, they, were, they went to like a religious school and they mm. just wanted to go on an adventure. They were like sick. They were going to come back, but they just wanted like a day of just boys sure. hanging out. So they stole a boat and in a storm, got lost, ended up on this island. But Hector. opposite of Law of the Flies, they created like this utopia for themselves. They <laughs> Really? Yeah, they delegated chores. They were super lovely. They all stayed really close. They worked really hard. One of them um, slipped and broke his leg and oh, he couldn't contribute anymore. But they built him a little like seat. They carried him around. They jokingly called him the, the Prime Minister of the island because he didn't do any work, but, like, all really lovely. They didn't, like, kill and eat him. No, no. They they stayed, like, best friends, and then eventually um, a fisherman found them and rescued them, and they ended up uh-huh. working for this fisherman, and they all just, like, stayed together working as fishermen really? with this guy, just, like, being chill bros hanging out surviving together. I thought that was that such a lovely story.
0: Total opposite of Lord of the Flies. Yeah, yeah. Like, Ah that's That's super nice I think that's quite a lovely note To end on Yeah Unless you got arrogance. No I'm, I'm happy to end on that
1: Adorable Great job Samoan children Yeah Well that was This was fun I learned a lot um, And I enjoyed talking about uh, <laughs> Pirates again <laughs> Oh that doesn't sound right You enjoyed talking about pirates And ye tiny timey boats Look pirates no. Sparta Ancient Greece The history of the word lesbian It's all been good <laughs> It has. Uh if you want if you
0: want more, Lloyd, where does one go to find more?
1: Um we're on we're on Twitter and Instagram, UCS Podcast, and you can email us at the UCS podcast at gmail dot com. Super duper. This is episode eight. It is, which means we have an episode ten coming up. We do. Let's
0: it's time. Episode 10, Lloyd, tell me all about it. The Uh, special, the season two special finale
1: ultra episode 10. And I'm sure everyone remembers, everyone listened in and loved season one. We did a Christmas special. Season Mm. two finale, we will be doing a Norwegian special where we will be celebrating Norwegian Constitution Day. Because we were mildly more intelligent with our timing. Yes, the episode will be released (laughs) on Norwegian Constitution Day. It'll make sense this time
0: uh yeah it's gonna be super fun uh we're gonna talk about some extremely fun norwegian things and uh we are doing i'm committing to it before you agree lloyd we're doing another extra special video youtube version
1: oh you know you know we figured it out last time we'll figure it out again yep you did all of this great job (laughs) it was fun yeah we're doing another season 10 special coming up in two episodes time uh we have one more extra normal but still fantastic episode before then
0: and we will speak to y'all next week cheerio